Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 29, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey of Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Milt Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Thanks for joining us today, Milt. Hello, Greg. So, Mel, we just had week 29 come out. Uh, it was going to be an interesting week as it's uh, also faced some weather weather conditions like we discussed last week. What did you see in week 29? Well, I think, um, as we expected, performance did improve from week 28 to week 29, although the degree of improvement, I would say, was uh, significantly different across the two railways. Um, CN uh driven, I guess, in part by how particularly poor its performance in week 28 was, um, showed significant improvement, jumping from 31% order fulfillment in week 28 up to 76% in week uh, 29. CP uh, also improved, although not by nearly as much. They went from 60% in week 28 to 69% in week 29. Now, one of the things that, you know, allowed CN, if you will, or opened the door for CN to improve their week over week performance in week 29 was the fact that, uh, as they say, they chose to take their medicine in week 28. They rationed uh, more than 2,800 shipper orders uh, in week 28, uh, including more than 500 that they had carried over from week uh, 27. So what that did really was clean out a significant uh, amount of backlog for CN. It reduced the number of cars that were going to be coming onto their network and allowed them to, if you will, focus on uh, cleaning out uh, stale dated cars, cars that have been sitting around under load for a number of uh, days, in some cases, weeks. So by virtue of that, their order fulfillment did rise. Uh, Having said that, um, you know, they're still carrying over 900 orders into week 30. CP is worse at more than a thousand. So those are not good signs. And particularly concerning is, is, and we've talked about this repeatedly, their car spotting capacity for both railways continues to be erratic um, and frankly below where it needs to be both railways couldn't even manage to spot 4,000 cars um, in week 29, which is, you know, if you will, a rule of thumb benchmark given what demand is these days. And they both fell short. Yeah, not not great news when we start to see that rationing kick in. It's clearly demand that uh, shippers had to try and move grain in that week. Um, did you see any more rationing in week 29? Uh, there was only a little bit in week 29, and they were actually very small orders from, from small shippers. Um, I think there was a total of less than 20 orders that were rationed in week 29. So they have seen, they seem to have gotten by that now, what they do in week 30 and what they do in week 31, I guess we'll see as we go forward. Right now, we don't have any insight uh, looking forward from shippers as to what kind of rationing may have taken place in week 30. Yeah, the, the consistency is going to be really key. And you mentioned this, the corresponding capacity just hasn't been where it needs to be. Um, and obviously, after the week that we saw in week 28, you know, our hope was to see, you know, some consistency return. But interestingly, the report for week 29 definitely showed some some differences in the provincial performance between the railways. Um, 
Could you maybe unpack that a little bit? Because it was uh, quite striking, some of the differences. Yeah, we've often talked on the podcast uh, throughout the course of this year about how, uh, regardless of how the railways performed at a system level, that performance often didn't translate down into the individual provinces. And what we would often see would be some, you know, pretty wild swings in performance from one province to the other, and sometimes within the same province across the two railways. Over the last few weeks, some of that, you know, volatility and erratic uh, performance seemed to have kind of settled out a little bit, although it came back with a vengeance in week 29 um, in both camps, you know, the difference in the performance across individual provinces for a, a railway and performance within a province. You know, CN was all over the map. They had a low of 45% order fulfillment in Manitoba to a high of 86% order fulfillment in Alberta. And if you look at CP, they had kind of the same uh, spread, if you will, in performance, only exactly reversed. They were particularly poor in Alberta at 56%, and they were almost perfect in Manitoba at 99%. Now, having said that, I should qualify to say that you know, the, the, the order count in Manitoba was very low. So, in the, you know, the deck was a little bit stacked in their favor. But at the end of the day, they did supply 90, 99% of orders. So very erratic, very uneven. Um, not sure what's driving that, uh, given the volatility in the system right now, but that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that volatility, the unpredictability, it's always a bit of a problem. You know, you as a shipper or farmer, you're, you're planning your, your sales and your, your deliveries with the expectation that the supply chain uh, will move smoothly and you've lined up your vessel with your, with your rail service. And so these kinds of volatile swings always create problems, uh, drive costs into the system. Uh, something we've been hearing about recently is potentially some, some uh, I don't know whether it's increased volatility, but the volatility we've, we've often seen at Prince Rupert seems to be uh, reoccurring right now. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on what's happening right now in Prince Rupert? What what's uh, that particular pipeline? Yeah, I think uh, if I can just start more broadly, I think we would expect performance to start to tick up for both CN and CP in the coming weeks. Or we're hopeful. There's some good signs out there. Weather, um, demand is stable. Uh, equally, there are concerns. You know, the consistency in car spotting, as we talked about before. Winter is never gone till it's gone. And then the West Coast pipelines. And, and Prince Rupert is, uh, if you will, a bit of the poster child for the erratic performance that we've seen in the West Coast pipelines uh, this year and, and really over the last few weeks. For much of February, Prince Rupert had a hard time getting enough cars to unload uh, consistently at the port which was driven by CN's order fulfillment performance. And then the cold weather came in the first week of, uh, or the second week of February, which just made everything worse. Coming out of that, Prince Rupert now has the opposite problem. They have over a thousand cars west of Prince George, which is about five to six days of cars worth of unloading. But of greater concern is they can't seem to get uh, you know, what I would call operational synchronization um, with the railway to get the right cars spotted at the right time as they're trying to uh, synchronize port operations and the delivery of cars with the vessels that they're trying to load, which are starting to back up a little bit at the port. So 
while the railways had done a great job over about the last week in, you know, cleaning out the buildup of cars in all their pipelines, particularly the West Coast, we've now seen it come back in the last 72 to 96 hours with a vengeance. Um, Prince Rupert being the case in point now has of those 1200 or so cars they've got in the pipeline, they've got 900 of them that have been sitting around for two days doing nothing. And, and that's being driven by this issue of, you know, synchronization at the port and the, the unloading of cars is just not going as quickly as it should. Yeah. Something definitely to keep an eye on as we emerge from this recovery and head into the spring. Um, Thanks a lot, Milt. Uh, Before we leave, I just wanted to also give an update on the Port of Montreal. Obviously, we mentioned this last week that uh, there's a potential strike looming at the end of March. Uh, Obviously, we're in March now, and uh, a a group of ag uh, associations have formed a a website called stopthestrike.ca. And for those of you who are interested in, in that particular situation at the Port of Montreal, feel free to go to that website. And if you'd like to see the reporting Milton and I just discussed, go to agtransportcoalition.com. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.